Hello, hello. Welcome to Brain Dump. I am Izzy Benari, your host, crazy driver and shaman on today's tangential experience. Cities and the color green. Cityscapes in an unformidable nature. Why do we do this to ourselves? 2200 a month and counting as the AC runs up the electrical bill for a shoebox nested in a noisy shoebox complex, humid and hot, couples fighting, yelling, fucking, dogs barking and the roaches that don't even pay rent. There is a balcony, however, with a table that collects soot from spewing tailpipes. I wipe it in the morning, and by the late evening, black again. You can run your finger through the soot to reveal a streak of white lamb in it. The plants don't survive so well either. It turns out photosynthesis doesn't occur when the leaves are covered by partially combusted petrol. Bumbling diesel buses, crackling motorcycles, non-verbal car horn communication monotony. The street cleaners come four times a day with whooshing pneumatic hoses the crux and the gutters look no different after they've passed. Photosynthesis, from the Greek root phos, pretending to light, and synthesis, putting together. The assembling of plant foods occurs via sun energy facilitated by the seemingly green chlorophyll. Sunlight splits water molecules, cleaving hydrogen from the oxygen, releasing oxygen into the air, the remaining hydrogen binding to the CO2 from our sooty streets produce carbohydrates. A molecule containing carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen in some particular ratio. Glucose in this case. C6H12O6. A life-sustaining 
energy. Whether you eat plants or you eat the cow that ate the plants to survive, you owe thanks to chlorophyll and the entropically dwindling sun. The misconception that kale and leafy greens are green because they reflect green light, absorbing red and blue spectrums to better use for their photosynthesis process, is debunked in a scientific journal called Chlorophyll Does Not Reflect Green Light, How to Correct the Misconception. <laughs> really, plant leaves are green because they contain green photosynthetic pigments, chlorophylls A and B not due to the reflection of green light. Strangely enough, the Wikipedia article that reinforces this false claim links to the journal debunking the claim itself as a reference for the false claim. The debunking journal even includes an excerpt noting Wikipedia's false reinstating of the claim. I had to check this a few times to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Some sort of circular misunderstanding on Wiki's end. Or maybe the author of the Wikipedia entry was too lazy to correct the misinformation, but instead links to a new and conflicting source of information. If this chlorophyll entry is botched, who knows how many other places this reinforcing of false information occurs. I'm positive most people do not visit the sources, those little superscript numbers and boxy brackets. Don't believe everything that you breathe, especially if it's CO2. Brita. I head south on Ha'aliyah in search of Brita. 
in search of false ecological promise in the most unlikely of places. An altruistic plastic filtration vessel lost in the neighborhood of noisy street vendors and rotten vegetable pushers. They yell about unbeatable banana and watermelon prices, chins strapped with sweaty surgical masks. The hypocritical oath is not needed for hypocrisy. It's not even that I care about plastic bottles accumulating in landfills or razor-sharp shreds of plastic and polymer choking out sea turtles. Really? Those bottles add up in cost. They're also heavy as hell to haul from the store and up the stairs. Why did we create running water systems routed to our homes to continue to fetch water from its source? Southbound. The mineral water pushers tell me to get lost. I follow the flow of cars with rusted mufflers and sputtering mopeds down the street moistened by dripping AC units and dog piss. Almost to the central bus station, I stumble across a sad-looking receptacle emporium. The receptacle salesman, an old man, Aquarius by birth, sells garbage cans, food storage containers, mason jars, terracotta pots, spice jars, wash basins, fish bowls, even urns for your grandmother's cremated remains. The man's life philosophy is that all things in this universe are just vessels for holding, capturing, containing something else. Even us, big sacks of skin to hold blood, water, bones, regrets, feelings, hopes, dreams, even food to be digested. I ask him if he has a Brita, and with a disgruntled face, upset, he gets up from his chair and disappears into the back storeroom. He returns minutes later with a dusty box containing a filtering water carafe. He then proceeds to talk me out of buying it. You know, the store next door, this old case is a bottle of water cheaper than the supermarket, he says. Even if you ran the water through this thing twice, it's still got that metallic taste of the water. You know, it's those pre-war era pipes. I wouldn't trust this water to wash my floors. I buy the Brita anyway. I take it home and follow the setup instructions, washing the whole thing out, soap and water, running a few cycles through to clean the carbon filter. I fill it again, watch the water drain into the bottom basin with the pitcher, and pour myself out a glass. It does taste metallic. Sea of Humanity Street vendors sling cheese-filled barracas and watermelon. Mothers comfort and sway teary-eyed children. A stranger helps an old woman off the bus, while the bus driver tries to close the door on them. A couple in the street, a boy in sandals and a curly-haired girl with a phonograph tattoo on her arm. French kiss under dripping air-conditioned condenser condensation. A line cook smokes a cigarette on the curb. You have feasted your ears on the writings of Sidney C. Broad from his collection, Cities and the Color Green, 2021.
as well as my own tangential chlorophyll rants. Here in the background you're enjoying the cool sounds of the Ellis Marcellus Trio. This track is entitled Twelves It. You heard a few tunes by the Cal Jader from his 1968 release, The Prophet. In the intro we heard the title track and Tema Timoso. All life is buckets, once said the great thinker of our time, Peter Davis Mattingly Jr. The hammers start banging, buzz saws grind through steel rebar, pounding periodically persists from the other side of the street, the excavator plunges into the earth, rattling all the windows mixed with a beeping backup tone. Tadik stays in bed for another hour, sleeping blissfully, no longer phased by the terrible noise. The landlord showed the rental in the late evening intentionally when all workers had already gone home. It was dark enough outside not to notice the incomplete building just across the alley. The first morning was an awful surprise. Tadik was awakened by blinding rays and the grinning faces of the workers pounding away just a meter and a half from his bedroom window. They waved good morning and welcomed him to the building. The second construction site was another surprise. It started just a week after his arrival with a total demolition. 
All the neighbors watched from the balconies, brought beers and popcorn to watch the large machinery rip chunks out of the old structure until the dust cloud consumed the whole street. Tzaddik first tried to break the lease with no success, another unsympathetic slum lord. This is no place to live, he thought to himself, as the walls rattled and the floors shook. Books even fell from the shelves when the excavator and the hacksaw rang in unison. He tried pillows to the ears, hanging blankets on the walls, rifleman earplugs, and high-tech noise-canceling headphones with white noise soundtracks. Shortly after, they began remodeling the apartment below his unit. This was the most unbearable of it all. Buzz saws vibrated through the floor in his bed frame. The hangers in his wardrobe caught the frequency and began to chatter harmoniously with the saw. His brain even rattled in his skull, shaking loose all sorts of disturbing thoughts. He started most mornings with a headache and a sour disposition that he focused on his friends and strangers who lived in quiet apartments. One morning, the cacophony started on time as usual, but Sadiq simply pretended that there was no noise to be heard. He imagined a universe in which noise is normal, and silence is the degrading force that wears on nerves and drives a man to insanity. This would make it difficult to sleep at night, but he would pipe in the sounds of jackhammers with his high-tech headphones to doze off. He went back to sleep and slept all through the day until the workers laid down their hammers and the excavator motor killed. Tzaddik had been seeing the Fav, a pretty girl who was really into music and walking on the beach. They had gone out a few times and things were going well between the two. They had good conversation and knew how to embrace the silences when there was nothing to say. For the first time, Lufau spent the night at Sadiq's place. They made love all night and didn't sleep until the early hours of the morning after collapsing in a tangle of sheets moistened with perspiration. At 6.59, the orchestra of hammering and sawing started on schedule. Lufau, startled, jolted up in bed with the sound slipping Sadiq. He must be dead, she thought. Not to hear this awful noise, Worried, she shook him awake. What's happening, she said. Good morning, with a sleepy smile. You don't hear the banging? What are you talking about? Sadiq had forgotten about the construction months ago, no longer aware or capable of hearing it. She first thought that she was joking, until realizing that he really heard nothing. The file began to question her own sanity, that vibrating in the earth, the hacking sounds were all just in her head. Sadiq, seeing the panic on Nofal's face, became worried for her sake. He tried to calm her. This only made her anxiety worse, affirming that the shaking walls and sawing were her own invention. Nofal entered a full panic attack. Sadiq sprinted to get her a glass of water and cool compress for her forehead. He sat with her in bed, wiping the tears and sweat from her face, smoothing her frizzy hair. The noise of sawing concrete and hammering did not cease until Nofal in a daze, got up and ran from the apartment.
You just heard another composition of prose by Sidney C. Broad, a preview for his upcoming release, The Conflict of Modern Man. Find it on the shelves in January of 2022. We are being sued now by the harmonies of Os Mutantes from their 1970 release, A Divina Comedia ao Ando Mio Desligao, the title track. Thank you for joining us here on Brain Dump. It's been my pleasure to be your tangential tour guide. As always, Izzy Ben Ari. Join us next week for another episode here on Brain Dump. Take care. <laughs>